Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Today, as we were worshiping, God just started to download a whole lot of stuff for us. There are people here, and you've had pain behind your ear. There's been ear infection. Maybe it's been going on for days, weeks, or months. Or there's, I saw it behind right and left ear, and God wants to heal you. Who's that today? Just lift it up on high. Just keep it up there. Yep. Now, keep your hand up. If you're standing near someone like that, come on, we're going to believe. God doesn't show me these for no reason. Over here, God's Spirit is in this house. Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus. Right now, we declare healing in Jesus' name. Lord, I declare your healing power just to break through right now in Jesus' name. I release that spirit of faith. I release that spirit of faith right now. Be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you for your healing power now. Lord, that infection, that inflammation must go in Jesus' name. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now, there are people here with a right knee that is causing a lot of pain and uh, it's uh, locking up or you you can't uh, bend down or do what you need to do. God's Spirit wants to touch a right knee. Who's got that right knee that needs healing today? Down the back, in the middle. Come on, lift up your hand right now. Down the back over there. The Spirit of God's here or someone else in the middle. Come on, if you're near someone with their hand raised, come on, let's believe right now. Healing, miracles are in the house right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power, your breakthrough. Just start to move that knee. I believe the the clicking will go and the, the anointing oil will just bring a freedom over that knee in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There's someone here and you're facing an operation for that knee, but it's going to get so healed, you're not going to need the operation. In Jesus' name. We declare that. We declare it. In Jesus' name. John and Linda, you guys love to worship and praise. But the Spirit of God spoke to me today. He's taking you to another level of breakthrough praise that's going to release heaven over your lives and over your family and over your extended household. There's a breakthrough of faith being released over you. Just step in. If you praise for 10 minutes, do it for 20. In the Spirit and sing with all your heart because something is being loosed and He's called you to be ones that open the door of heaven for extended family members. I believe for that in the name of Jesus. Let the anointing flow. Father, Lord, let that precious anointing flow. Oh God, release that spirit of faith. They'll sing prophetic songs of deliverance together. I thank you for John that he's a, a man of faith. A man of faith and he will declare and see it in the Spirit in Jesus' name. Thank you for it, Lord. Emma, God says He's given you more grace. And I just see that God says, it's okay and I've got it. He's got it. Father, just pour that into Him. Over a dad and a family and a mum. Lord, right now, just pour out. Your grace is more than enough. The Lord says, I'm pleased with your spirit of faith and trust and rest. And you're growing into a place of strength and peace and freedom that is so precious, so real. And it's going to overflow and bless your whole household. Father, thank you for it. Mark Olufsen, could you come down, Mark? Mark's our sound guy today, but he's been battling major health challenges. 
And as we were worshiping, Mark, I just saw you. And I saw the hand of God coming upon you. And the Lord said, it's time. It's time. It's time for your heart to be healed. It's time for your body to come in line. And the doctors are doing all they can, but they're not even sure exactly what some of it is. But Jesus, the doctor, knows. And today... I release the spirit of faith over your life and I declare healing against that infection, against that which has tried to steal your energy and strength. I take authority over that now and I release a miracle of healing power to begin to at work and reverse this that has been draining and destroying his heart and his body and system in Jesus' name. I release that over him today, Father. And we surround him with faith how, Lord, you would begin to turn those symptoms around and instead of getting worse, he's going to get better. We declare that in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Do it again, Lord. Do it again, Lord. Do it again, Lord. Do it again, Lord, your miracle power of grace. And let him have just a peace in his soul, seeing your hand at work. Take his hand and lead him through this journey in Jesus' name. Wow. Oh, Jesus. God's in the house today. There's someone here and you've, you've got a relative that is seriously ill, either in hospital or at home. They are seriously ill. And they don't think they're going to make it. And at times you're not sure if they are. But today in worship, God's giving you a spirit of faith. And you need to change your confession over them right now. If that's you, just say, Lord, I believe. I believe you can turn it around in Jesus' name because you're the one who raises people to life. In Jesus' name. There's someone here. God's put you into our new position of significant influence in our city. God's brought you. He's placed you. And he's going to open doors that will amaze you to speak kingdom life and blessing will overflow you in Jesus' mighty name. Wow. God's good. We might preach. Let's take a seat. I love the Holy Spirit. Tonight, a couple of young people are going to speak and then I'm going to preach on the power of the Spirit of God to connect us to God and His kingdom. So come on out. We're going to see a major breakthroughs in people's lives. Last Sunday, we had lots of fun, didn't we? For those who are here, we talked about uh, connecting and we talked about marriages. That was lots of fun. I want to read the first verse, verses I started with. Today, we're going to just remind us on that and then we're going to talk about parenting. Yahoo! God wants us to do it His way. And what an attack there is upon families and marriages, but God's greater. Colossians 3.18 says, Wives, be subject to your husbands out of respect for their position as protector and their accountability to God as is proper and fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives with an affectionate, sympathetic, selfless love that always seeks the best for them and do not be embittered or resentful toward them because of the responsibilities of marriage. Children, obey your parents as God's representatives in all things, for this attitude of respect and obedience is well-pleasing to the Lord and will bring you God's promised blessings. 
Fathers, do not provoke or irritate or exasperate your children with demands that are trivial or unreasonable or humiliating or abusive, nor by favoritism or indifference treat them tenderly with loving kindness so they will not lose heart and become discouraged or unmotivated with their spirits broken. Wow, that's a pretty powerful challenge to all the dads here. Servants, in everything obey those who are your masters on earth, not only with external service as those who merely please people, but with sincerity of heart because of your fear of the Lord. Whatever you do, whatever your task may be, work from the soul that is put in your very best effort as something done for the Lord and not for men knowing with all certainty that it is from the Lord, not from men, that you will receive the inheritance, which is your greatest reward. It is the Lord Christ whom you actually serve. Lord, let this word just burn in our hearts. Let it instruct us and teach us your ways to live out our families and households under your banner of blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. The Passion Version of verse 18 to 21 of Colossians 3 says, let every wife be supportive and tenderly devoted to her husband, for this is a beautiful illustration of our devotion to Christ. Let every husband be filled with cherishing love for his wife and never be insensitive toward her. Let the children respect and pay attention to their parents in everything, for this pleases our Lord Jesus. And fathers, don't have unrealistic expectations for your children or else they may become discouraged. Wow, there's some very clear instruction from the heart of God of how do we do marriage, family, parenting, and uh, work relationships there. And we started to unpack marriage last week, and the key scripture we used was Ephesians 5.33 says, Each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. And so we talked about love and respect and I believe this is the foundation of every marriage relationship is the husband love his wife and the wife respect her husband. And I think we looked at the crazy cycle last week. Have you still got the crazy cycle there? Without love, she reacts. Without respect, he reacts. And you go round and round in circles. How many marriages and families have you seen live that crazy cycle? And it's hard to get off unless you ask for God's help to break the cycle. And then uh, you can uh, move to the energizing cycle the energizing cycle is his love motivates her respects motivates his love and you have a love relationship that's energized the enemy will try and stop husbands loving their wives unconditionally and wives res losing respect for their husbands and that's what destroys um, blessing and marriage relationships a wife has one driving need to feel loved when that need is met, she is happy. A husband has one driving need to feel respected. When that need is met, he is happy. When either of these needs isn't met, things get crazy. This powerful truth reveals why spouses react negatively to each other. You don't have to stay on the crazy cycle. You can move to the energizing cycle. It takes forgiveness. It takes Holy Spirit help. And it means intentional to break some of the ways that we our emotions and uh, fears can drive us and the spirit of God is there um, to help us and some of these thoughts came from the book Love and Respect by Dr. Emerson Egerich 
and I gave another copy away this week. I've given away hundreds of copies. I've given away more copies of this book than any other book in my 40 years of ministry because I find it goes to the heart of marriage and family relationships. If you want to get one, you can uh, order one from Kurong, but it will uh, inspire and challenge you on the journey. Who's read that book? A few have, and most of them I've given them out to you. <laughs> That's okay. If you haven't read that, I encourage you, in the next, before the end of the year, couples get a copy and read through it and let the Spirit of God help you to live. And we looked at, uh, to break that down, the couple, um, how to spell love to your wife. And this is to help, help the guys say, well, how do you love your wife? Here's, here we are. C stands for closeness. She wants to be close. O stands for openness. She wants you to open up to her. U stands for understanding. Don't try to fix her. Just listen. Every guy's got in trouble on that one. Regularly. And like I said last year, it took me about 35 years to get this one sorted, but we're doing well now. <laughs> Peacemaking. She wants to say, you to say, I'm sorry. Wives often don't like the tension, so they'll apologize, even if they've hardly been a part of the argument. But guys, you need to have the courage to say, I'm sorry, I was insensitive. I'm sorry, I just wasn't listening to what was going on. L for loyalty, she needs to know you're committed. And E for esteem, she wants you to honour and cherish her. Okay, let's go to the uh, um, ladies. How to spell respect to your husband. C for conquest, appreciate his desire to work and achieve. H for hierarchy, appreciate his desire to protect and provide. A for authority, appreciate his desire to serve and to lead. I for insight, appreciate his desire to analyse and counsel. And that's a problem if you try to do that too quick because you're trying to fix. But there's a right time when you can bring that support and wisdom. R for relationship, appreciate a desire for shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder friendship. And so much more is accomplished when you go for a walk on the beach than sitting over the table coffee face-to-face. -face. Women love face-to-face, -face, men love shoulder-to-shoulder. -shoulder. If you learn that, you'll save yourself a lot of heartache. Sexuality, appreciate his desire for sexual intimacy, which is a God-given gift to expressed in marriage. So marriage can be the most rewarding or the most challenging of relationships that you'll have on earth. Heaven or hell, you choose. <laughs> and sometimes, it, you know it takes two to be 100% committed. So someone can be doing it all right and the other partner, for whatever reason, just makes poor choices or has got so much brokenness, it doesn't work. God's not out here to judge or condemn he hates divorce, not because he hates the people that get divorced, but he hates the tearing and the destruction that comes. And you need to know, if you've been through divorce or separation or brokenness or uh, being widowed, God loves you greatly because his grace is there to carry you and walk you through and heal your heart. And he's the most amazing God to heal and restore. It's meant to be the most loving, intimate, selfless relationship between a man and woman that lasts through this life. Here's a little tip for the husbands. Husbands, a woman's heart is in her home. So when you're presented with that list for Saturday jobs around the house, and you might be up to page four, remember, when you do maintenance or improvements on your home, you are demonstrating your love for your wife because that's where her heart is. It's gone very quiet here right now and a few... Elbows in the ribs. Thankfully, a wise spiritual dad taught me this early on in our marriage and I've worked very diligently to make sure I do all I can so that our home, our yard, everything 
is up to date as much as possible. And I've made that a priority in my life. I know Marilyn values that because I learned early on a woman's heart is in the home. It's not about the possessions. It's about the love and the emotions with the home and the kids. And if a husband doesn't pick up those priorities and work on it, you will suffer. Okay, enough said about marriage. Let's talk about parenting. Let's dive in here and get ourselves into trouble a bit, eh? Malachi 4.6 says, He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. Wow. And we don't have to look very far in our streets or our neighbourhood or our nation or the world to see that destruction has come because we haven't understood or obeyed God's word of children obey your parents and parents lovingly lead and disciple your children. Parenting is one of the greatest gifts and one of the greatest challenges of all relationships. I think God just sits up there and smiles sometimes and I'll get him. I'll teach him how to learn to love, to give, to be unselfish. I will show them how to get the rewards of seeing their DNA multiplied across the earth. Wow, it's, a, it's an amazing, amazing privilege. 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5 is some scary verses that we very rarely read, but I just need to do it in context today. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days, and Pastor Peter is referring to this. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Can you believe that? The Apostle Paul wrote that 2,000 years ago. That sounds like what we're living in today. And as Pastor Peter said, we don't have to let that overwhelm us, but it gives us understanding of the world we live in. So now we need to bring kingdom culture. And I, um, in Ephesians 6 is about spiritual armour, but Ephesians 5 is all about right relationships in marriage and family. Do you know one of the greatest spiritual warfare weapons you've got is right relationships in your marriage and your family? Because it cuts off the enemy's place of destroying your family and that becomes a place of strength to push back by example against all the schemes of the enemy for all the families and neighbours that you know. It is a very, very, very powerful, important priority. Yes, we need to do spiritual warfare and praise and breakthrough and, and declaring all those things but let me tell you, it's got to come from a foundation of right relationships because that gives you your integrity and strength. And even if you've gone through brokenness, God can restore your soul so you can step up with confidence and authority. So you're not living in a place of guilt or shame or condemnation. That's why this is so, so important and powerful. Proverbs 22.6, here's some good news. Train up a child in the way he should go, teaching him to seek God's wisdom and will for his abilities and talents, even when he... He is old, he will not depart from it. In the Passion it says, dedicate your children to God and point them in the way that they should go and the values they've learned from you will be with them for life. 
That's the scripture for parenting in God's way. Do you know we often parent the way we were parented? Good, bad, or ugly. You ever heard yourself saying something to your kids and all of a sudden a flashback happens? That's just how my mum talked. Well, that's just what my dad did. Now, it's not all bad because sometimes there's good habits that you're doing. But if they're ugly ones or ones that need to change, you've got to stop and say, God, help me to change to do this in a more wholesome, loving, godly way. But your default button will go back to parenting, even if you don't like some of the things your parents did to you. You've got to be careful you don't, out of default, go back there and speak and act out the same way. But the Spirit of God changes you from the inside out. And we've got a new Heavenly Father, a new family, spiritually, so God's there to help us make the change. Three types of parents. I read about these from Faye and Klein. It says there's helicopter parents. You've heard about the helicopter parents? Every school teacher here knows about the helicopter parents. They're the parents that are up there three times a week saying, what are you doing done to my kids? Why are you giving them more homework than the other kids? Why are they in trouble? They hover, rescue and protect or overprotect. The message they can send to their children is, you can't make it by yourself. And when they're young, we've got to protect and set the boundaries, but... Often those kids grow up with a concept that they can't make it and they struggle as adults. You've got the drill sergeant parents. They shout orders and demand. The message they send to their children is, you can't think for yourself. Whoa, it's very quiet in here right now. This is not to label anyone, but these are just some general insights that help us understand how that we can get way off track from what God wants us to be. There can be the consultant parents. They use thoughtful counsel. The message they send to their children is, you're smart enough as you grow older to work it out. So you help point them in the right direction. I read uh, another set of four different types of parenting patterns from Diana Beaumont. Number one is authoritative. This is firm control, warm and responsive with their children. The second one is authoritarian, which is excessive control, ignores their children's need for self-determination. And often those kids, when they become teenagers, rebel and run away from home because you've just been too tough. Number three, permissive indulgent, warm and accepting but allows the kids excessive freedom and allowed the kids at the age of eight to decide what they're going to do with their life. And I am amazed as a pastor that some parents, a seven-year-old says, I don't want to go to church anymore. So I said, okay, you've just destroyed your child's spiritual journey for who knows how many years. That's kids don't lead the household. You're called as parents to be the example and lead your household. Just made a few more enemies, hey? <laughs> then you've got the permissive indifferent. These are the unresponsive and neglectful parents. Sometimes because of their own trauma or brokenness, sometimes because they, they don't know how to emotionally connect or deal with challenges or answer the kids' difficult questions, they just work away all the time and they're never home. And when they are there, they've got the, the uh, TV on or the phone on and they're never engaging properly to walk it through. Because they, maybe they never knew how 
from their own families. This is not to condemn, this is to help give us understanding so that we can walk with God's grace. Surveys have shown that about 46% of people, parents use the authoritative style. And the authoritative style is generally the best, where there's firm control, but they're warm and responsive with their children. 26% use the, the authoritarian parenting style. It's easy to bark out orders and just get conformity. Some of you remember watching the story of The Sound of Music. Had a whistle to get the kids to line up. <laughs> Until the new governess came and refused to use the whistle and refused to obey and eventually brought love back into that home. Do you know that's the most watched movie of all time, The Sound of Music? There's some powerful principles in there. About 18% are permissive parenting style, and I think that number's increasing where the kids run the show and control the agenda, and that's why teachers and other people in authority find it so hard to manage kids because parents have neglected their responsibility and let the kids make all the decisions. Hey, you need to consult and work with, and as the kids get older, you work together, but the world has sold us this lie. Well, you can't, you can't crush their spirit or affect their self-esteem. And so sometimes education has gone way too far and they, even sporting now, they don't give a first and second, third ribbon, they just give a ribbon for everyone participated. Where do they build this sense of achieving? And how do they learn to deal with coming second last if in life and then when they hit the workforce, they move from one job to the next because they haven't learned to deal with disappointment or not winning every time. You see how this is working? This is a lie and a, a, a deception from the pit of hell to destroy the normal growth processes of maturity. And we've got to be careful, even as Christian parents, we don't let that get into our parenting style. Some people have been raised in a very authoritarian, so they flip the other way and said, I'll never be like that, so they go totally the opposite way and another extreme, which is just as destructive. Be careful you don't go from one extreme to the next. Let the Spirit of God adjust you to come back into the middle of a more healthy lifestyle. And we've all got different personalities, so God knows that. We've got different cultures, they have different ways of doing it. But there are biblical principles that work, and we need to find how that works out in your heart and life. So I believe parenting is one of the most rewarding and most difficult relationships on earth. I've written down a few things that Marilyn and I have learnt over 40 years of parenting. Our oldest son's nearly 40. And have we made some mistakes? Lots. Have we done a few things right? Yes. By God's grace, he's helped us. We've got three children and nine grandchildren. And Rachel and Matt are expecting their second child. I didn't spring it on them. They told me on f that, hey, it's okay. We've told a lot of the leaders now it's okay to do it publicly. So I'm not embarrassing them. Congratulations, God. So that'll be number 10. <laughs> Looks like we're still, yeah, they're 10 grandkids that God's teaching us how to live. So in our 40 years of doing this, God's been gracious and all of our kids and grandkids love Jesus and are, and are wanting to follow him with all their heart. 
Doesn't mean we've done it all right, but I think we've done a few things right with God's blessing. Here's a few of the things we've learned, some of them the hard way, some by grace that was passed on. Number one, we need to love your children. Love them. That's the thing. Psalm 127.3 says, Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. We've read the books Five Love Languages for Couples. There's, there's ones written now for Five Love Languages for Kids and for Teenagers. And, and, all, and there's some great truths in there of how we give and receive love. Those that have read that book, it's just a healthy book. We, uh, we give and receive love primarily either by encouraging words, so words really affect us, quality time, gifts. If you've got a gift giver, you've got an expensive journey, but boy, it's lots of fun. And you say, how do I know if my, my kid is my primary love language gift? They're always making gifts and bringing them to you all the time. That's their love language. This is not rocket science. And, and when they love to talk and, and, and when you encourage them, they just rise like that. When you speak a negative word or a condemning or judging word, they just fall into a heap and take a week to recover. And words is their primary love language. And uh, physical touch, they all just always want to be hugged. And acts of service, that works in marriage, it works in parenting, because we've all got basic personality types that we need to understand. And then there's a million variations of that. Listen to them, be connected and engaged, love and encouragement. And in families, there are always extra grace children that come along. The ones with physical, mental, emotional disabilities. And I call them extra grace kids. Where God's extra grace is required to walk the journey with them. But I've learned that God's grace is there, the extra grace is there, because he doesn't give you kids by accident... They are a gift from God. And we've got to quickly get our head around and say, okay, they've got a learning difficulty, but Lord, you're going to show us what support we need and how we're going to walk this through and how we're going to love and bless them and learn some extra skills yourself as a parent. Like if someone has a deaf child, you've got to learn to do sign language to help that child to communicate. And we live busy lives, but... I just take my hat off to parents that have learnt the extra skills that are required to help that child fulfil their destiny in life. And it's, that's as a parent, God's given us a child and we can learn so many amazing, amazing things. Is it easy? No. Is it challenging? Yes. Is it possible? Yes. Because God's grace is there to help us. And I've been watching the Commonwealth Games. Who's been enjoying that? Mate, I was, I was crying last night when the guy won the 1,500 metres. That was an amazing, amazing race from Australia. And then when they start to interview them, they start to thank their parents and the extended family that have supported them. And, and uh, the swimmers are even worse because they start at 4 o'clock in the morning. So those poor parents haven't had a sleep in for about 20 years, you know. <laughs> but the love, those parents quickly identified this this child has got incredible potential, so they've been willing to adjust their lifestyle to see that come to pass. And it always touches my heart to do that. And uh, number two, pray for and pray with your children regularly, daily. We found that so powerful. When we used to drive the kids to school, we'd pray for them in the car. 
If they were catching the bus, we'd grab them around and pray with them before they went out the door to the bus. Sometimes the bus had to wait for 20 seconds because we were still finishing our prayer. They went to a Christian school, so I think they were a little bit more flexible. But we refused to miss that. Night times, we would always pray for them individually, every child. We'd go into their room. When they're old enough, we'd read them a book. And then we would talk with them and pray, and we taught them to pray. Rachel's nodding her head. This is what we did. It's not rocket science, but we just diligently. And if one of us is away, another parent would do it. Now... We've got all this social media, you can can zoom in and do it FaceTime and whatever if you're not there, if you're away working or whatever. You've just got to be diligent and consistent. And because we did that, even when they were teenagers, they still wanted us to come in and pray for peace and blessing. And some of those were the most amazing times because we'd built that. And teenage years are challenging. Guess what? You survived them and teenagers have survived them and will. But they're challenging. And I remember our two boys were full of life. Rachel was perfect, but our two boys, they were, <laughs> they were a handful. They'll probably watch this, so that's okay. We've had. And I remember you'd go in to say goodnight and pray, and sometimes they'd want to talk. And I remember several times falling asleep on their bed at 11.30 at night, and they're telling me their life story. But I learnt very quickly that that was the connection of life that helped them feel still connected. Do you know, parents, you are still the greatest influence on your kids? And grandparents? We've got social media, we've got friends, we've got TV, we've got every type of device imaginable, and they all have an impact. But let me tell you, your influence as parents is still the greatest influence. Don't give it away and don't lose it. You say, well, I'm just not getting through. God's got ways. Don't give up on it. Get support. Number three, be a good example by being authentic, real and honest. Don't promise what you can't deliver. That really messes up kids' hearts. We're going to go camping next week. Six months later, you still haven't gone camping because work's happened and stuff's happened. They understand if there's a major illness, don't promise something you can't deliver because it breaks trust. And kids are very forgiving But if you have a lifestyle of it, it destroys trust. Be authentic, real and honest. Children will follow what you do, not just what you say. And I read the story of the family was walking down the beach and this little three-year-old boy, he's going like this down the beach and jumping and leaping and the mum says, what are you doing? You're going to hurt yourself. He said, I'm just trying to walk in my dad's footsteps. His dad was ahead and he was trying to f- walk in his two-metre-long dad's footsteps. Kids will do what you do, not what you say. It's important what you say, but they'll follow what you do. I will say this, even though I wasn't going to. I've met people in their 20s and 30s and 40s and they just don't go to church. But they were brought up in church. I say, what happened? I said, we used to go to church. Some of my family still do. But I heard the conversations of what my parents said about other people at church and what they ran down and judged the pastor and what he preached. And it destroyed our trust in God and church. 
And my heart breaks every time I hear that conversation. Be very careful what you say in front of kids. Our oldest son was so perceptive. We didn't have to say anything. The phone would ring and he'd come running and say, what's wrong, mummy and daddy? He's in the other room. He used to pick up spiritually when someone had rung and that accident had happened and we'd have to go up to the hospital. He would get it before we even told him. So it, we had to be super careful. It's like they had ears that could hear down there. But he used to pick it up in his spirit. Now he's a spiritual leader that helps influence hundreds of people for the kingdom. But we had to manage that very carefully. Have lots of fun and adventure as a family. Not, not enough families have a lot of fun. Just make memories. Some of our greatest memories were our camping trips where we'd get flooded in. The gas bottle exploded and burned half the tent down. We were stuck for two days in flooding and I had to get out to do a wedding on the Saturday and we, had, we got let out by the rangers through I don't know how deep water. One morning we woke up and the whole tent was covered in hairy grubs. Thousands of came out of the trees during the night. When we start talking camping, that's the things they remember. They were chaos for us as parents. Or cooking over a fire with an umbrella that's pouring rain, trying to get something to work. Oh, dear Lord. Make memories. Do stuff. Have fun. God will always put someone with a sense of humor in your household. It'll be a kid or a parent or a grandparent or an uncle. Just enjoy laughter. Sometimes we'd be laughing. So people would come over to our place for dinner and they said, you guys are crazy. You just laugh all the time. I said, well, we've got some really funny kids <laughs> and we all see the funny side of life. They'd go away saying, that family, they're funny, but they're crazy. But they'd always want to come back again because they didn't see it in their households. Did we laugh all the time? No, we did enough crying too. But <laughs> have fun. Sow the word of God in their minds and hearts. Deuteronomy 6, 5 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commands I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on their foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses or on your gates or on your screensaver, whatever you've got to do, get the word of God and his principles into their hearts. The Amplified says, you shall teach them diligently to your children, impressing God's precepts on their minds and penetrating their hearts with his truths. So it's not just words. gets in their soul. When they hear you talking about God answers prayer, guess what? They'll grow up learning to pray and trust. When they hear about a miracle, some of my earliest memories as a child was on this little wooden floor in a little country church at Crow's Nest. I was probably three or four. It was a Sunday night service. We'd have an evangelist there that mum be trying to get us to go to sleep because it was probably 7.30 or 8 o'clock at night. And I would look under the wooden pews and I'd see people getting healed in front of my eyes. And that set me. And when I grew up, I said, God, I'm going to do that one day. Because I was in church every Sunday and that's what set the pattern and the desire of my soul as a three or four year old. Wow. God, you're so amazing. Set external boundaries until internal boundaries are established. Set external boundaries, keep them safe, keep them alive through the young years. We had to work really hard to keep a couple of hours alive. 
And we had a whole troop of angels, and I think they were beaten up and so glad when the kids grew up and says, oh, we're off duty for a while. (laughs) You're laughing because you know what that's like. (laughs) Discipline means to show them a better way, not just consequences and punishment. If you actually look at what the word discipline means, it's actually consequences, but also showing them a better way. Wow. Proverbs 13.24 says, if you love your children, you will correct them. If you don't love them, you won't correct them. Can't get much blunter than that, hey? Wow. Number seven, beware of favoritism. Look at Jacob's family. Chaos. It's really hard because someone, one of your kids will be more like you and you'll to get it or they'll be too much like you and you'll clash all the time god help us that's why with two parents usually one or the other can fill the gap and if you're a single parent god will give you grace and he'll link you to people that can help fill the gaps a couple more we'll wrap it up number eight this is one of my very very important ones bring your children to church to kids, church and youth consistently all the time. I have had almost fights with some parents who brought their kids up in church and when they get to teenage years, they let them go. And I pleaded, I said, and sometimes the parents stop coming to church because they've had a, 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 a fence and the kids come for a while and they drift away and none of them are in church today. My, I have pleaded i've sat and pleaded with parents don't do this some have listened but many haven't and none of those kids are going on for god today i said come on come on the devil attacks households when the oldest child is 12 or 13 or 14 many divorces happen at that stage and many families drop out of church at that stage it's a tool of the devil and you've got to fight it and resist it and pray a way through. We got our kids involved to serve, to help, to play music, to dance, to sing, whatever their gifts were, we just got them involved and when they were in the tumultuous teenage years, when they weren't quite listening as much to mum, they had older brothers and sisters in the church that helped say, hey, come on, come and get ready for band practice. We need you to help set up for the youth and that's what got our kids through teenagers until they met Jesus themselves in Rachel got saved when she was three or four. The other boys, they had hearts soft to God, but it was in their teenagers that they really started running for God, 14, 15, 16. But we had to work really hard to make sure they didn't get taken off track. In those and I see way too many families. And did we miss it? Nearly. The other thing is we found, we got to know their friends' families diligently. They start having a friend, start talking about things. We say, hey, we'd love to have a barbecue with them. Oh, Dad, you wouldn't want to meet this family. I said, why not, son? (laughs) And that was the trigger for some other conversations to happen. And sometimes we'd find out their names anyway and have a coffee with them regardless because we wanted to know what was going on in their world because what influence that was going to have. You've got to be intentional and diligent. Oh, we better wrap it up. Number 10, last one I've got written down. 
continue to grow and learn as parents, read books and ask others for wisdom and support. Beware of social media, TV, online devices that can just be great babysitters but can take your kids' minds and hearts a million miles away. Are they useful? Yes, they are. But you've got to manage them. I thank God when we grew up, mobile phones weren't there for our older kids and they still had to talk on the phone on the landline. And we could still listen in. <laughs> Not being rude, but if something was going down, about the party was getting organised at someone's house, hey, what are you doing Saturday night? With mobile devices, that's a lot harder. So parenting's a lot harder now than it was when we raised our kids. But God has ways. And if you look at my bookshelf at home, I've got about one and a half shelves of leadership books. I've got over a whole shelf of books on marriage and over a whole book shelf of books on parenting. I have deliberately invested for 40 years and every year I'll buy one or two new books and I'll read them, Christian-based books, insight and understanding. We've watched thousands of DVDs. Uh, we've chosen just to keep learning. That's an intentional choice. If you're not a reader, there's great podcasts around. Get beside an older spiritual mum and dad, a grandparent, an uncle or auntie, someone who can teach you how to do it when you feel like you're failing. God's ways but you've got to be intentional. Grandparents, you have got an amazing influence on your kids. Today, more than ever, because many husbands and wives both working part-time, full-time, and so you've got an awesome privilege to sow in and point your kids the right way. Worship team, come on up. I want to finish with a great scripture, because some of you are sitting shell-shocked right now. Others are saying, whoa, we're doing pretty well. I want to sow some seeds for you. Acts 2.17 says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. The Passion Version says, for God's promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your families for those yet to be born, and for everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. There we go. God's pouring out his spirit on our families, our kids. No matter what's happening in the education system, in the social media world, in our neighbour's world, the chaos, the trauma, the abuse, the pain, let me tell you, the spirit of God is still way more powerful. Parents, you've got the privilege and honour of being an example and leading them, and you'll be amazed when they get older, they will follow your values. I remember one time I was having a discussion with one of my sons. He was about 15, and he was deliberately challenged some of the beliefs I had about God and church and, and Jesus. And I'm having this de debate, discussion, trying to keep my cool because he was getting really antagonistic. And I thought I was losing the argument. After about an hour... This smirk came on his face. I said, what are you up to? He said, it's okay, Dad, I believe what you believe. I was just testing you. 
I just about beat him up then. <laughs> but sometimes they have those conversations, they're not testing you, they're really struggling. And that's the reality of the world we live in. But hey, be prepared. The Holy Spirit will anoint you with wisdom and He can turn the hearts of the children to the parents and the parents to the children so that we don't have to have destruction across our land. Let's stand in His presence today. I've gone a bit over today, but I just wanted to share those truths. If you're watching online today, I hope this has helped you. Oh, let your heart just... Just close your eyes for a moment. Just let the Spirit of God just wash over us right now. For some of us, this is challenging because maybe some of our kids aren't walking for God. Some of you have got saved later in life and don't beat yourself up. While they're still breathing, you're still breathing, there's opportunity for God to change their hearts, to restore relationships. Destructive stuff has happened in some households. But the Spirit of God heals the brokenhearted, sets the captives free, restores our souls. And I believe today there needs to be a greater resolve and intentional resolve in Christian parents to live God's way, not to let go, not to give up easily. Say, God, by your grace, we will pray for and with our kids. If they're adults now, Lord, we're going to keep praying for them every day. We're going to call them back. We're going to see them return to your kingdom and your purposes for their lives. They're adults with a free will and choice, but the Spirit of God has ways of getting to their soul as we cover them in prayer. Oh, Spirit of God, let faith and hope come alive in our hearts right now. In the name of Jesus, thank you, thank you, Lord. I'd like to pray a prayer over every parent here today. If you're a parent of children, just reach your hands up to heaven. I want to pray. I want to pray for God's grace over your lives. Over your lives. God, let's, let's pray for blessing, for peace, whether they're following God, whether they haven't, don't know about Jesus or they're deliberately running their own journey or they're in brokenness or pain. Come on, let's speak their names right now before the throne of grace. Come on, name them before the throne of grace. Say, God, touch them by your grace and power. Lord, minister healing and grace. Bring salvation, restoration. Lord, heal their bodies. Lord, give them purpose. Those that have lost direction, Lord, bring them back into your ways. Lord, those that are successful, may they honour you with every blessing over their lives. We declare that in the name of Jesus Christ. They would fulfil their destiny their relationships and marriages and families. Lord, they will parent according to Your Word and ways, not popular opinion, in the Name of Jesus. Oh, we declare that, Father. We claim that, Father. You would protect them and surround them, Father. Lord, they would not be lost to the ways of this world, but Lord, they would grow up to love and serve You with all of their hearts in the Name of Jesus. In the Name of Jesus. I want to pray a prayer of blessing over all the grandparents here today because many of you have got a great privilege and a great responsibility. Father, I pray blessing on every grandparent and great grandparent here today. Lord, may they be a godly influence. May they be a good influence. Lord, give them wisdom and insight. Downloads from the Holy Spirit of how to see their grandchildren grow up and to follow you. Let love fill their hearts. 
Let them not take over from the parents, but Lord, they will be a great blessing and support. I pray blessing over our families, over our households, in the mighty Name of Jesus. I pray a prayer of blessing of those who aren't parents yet, but would love to be in God's time and way. God, I thank you for the honour and gift and privilege of being a parent. Lord, for those that aren't parents yet and would like to be, God, bless them in your time and way with children. May they just multiply who they are. The Bible says to be fruitful and multiply. Thank you for blessing of godly families and parents. Lord, I thank you for your blessing and favour. In the name of Jesus. Lord, married couples that want children and haven't been able to conceive yet, I pray, Lord, that you would bless them with children. Gifts from you, Father, in the name of Jesus. I want to pray for those that there's wounds and pain and where there's families that are disconnected, strife-filled, where stuff's gone down months, years, decades ago, maybe even before you were saved. God hears the pain of your heart that you can't see those kids or grandkids. He feels the pain. You can't make a change, but you can invite God's Spirit to change your heart and to be the best bridge possible. Lord, I pray right now for every parent, grandparent, where there are children that are disconnected, there's no communication or very limited. Lord, we believe for a breakthrough and a turnaround in the mighty name of Jesus. We claim that in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Oh God. Just before we finish today, maybe you're in this house and you don't know this amazing Jesus that we've been talking about. You might've had a great family or you might've had a chaotic one. If you don't know this amazing Jesus or you've known him in the past, but it's time to come back and reconnect, I want to pray a prayer of blessing. Maybe you're watching online today and you think, hey, God's been working in my life. I want to come to him or come back. I'd like to pray for you now. If you want to come to Jesus or come back to him, just give me a wave right now. I want to pray for you. Just lift your hand and say, that's me, that's me. I want to come to Jesus or come back. Who's that today? God's calling you. Just lift it up on high so I can see it. God's calling you. The Spirit is just calling your heart. I know He's reaching out to souls. You say, you don't understand what's happened. The offense, the pain, the rejection. I don't, but God does. And He said, I can heal and restore. Lord, I pray right now for your gift of salvation to be released over our church, over our city, over those people watching today. I release your gift of salvation and blessing and peace. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, let restoration come in marriages and families as we apply these truths and live out your purposes. Holy Spirit, empower us to live in freedom in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au 
or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.